Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. It's a humbling thing to uh, stand before God's people. I hope my glasses don't fog up where I can't see (laughs) because I'm so odd. It is a humbling thing to stand before God's people and to bring His Word. But it's an also, it's an amazing privilege. And really, um, well, let me say this first. I, as I consider myself, I share. I share what God has put on my heart. And I don't label myself as a preacher, but I, I do like to talk about God. And I, lo- I love to share His Word. And so uh, I was talking with Steve about, you know, what, what all that means as far as preparing a sermon, and he texted me later, and he said, (laughs) and he said to me, he said, to do a sermon is like David and Saul's armor, if you know that story, where David was such a young man, and that was too big for him, so he took it off, and and then Steve said, just share what's on your heart, (laughs) so that's what I'm going to do this morning. It's actually going to be a continuation in in sorts of what Steve was preaching about last week, about digging. I love our series. Thank you, Pastor G, for hearing the Holy Spirit and taking us through this this process of understanding how and and that we need to go deeper. We we need to go deeper. And last week, uh, uh, Steve spoke to us uh, out of the word about, uh, I think it was in Luke, the there of, you know, build your house on the rock or the sand and all of that. But his was dig deep. And he talked about digging deep to where we are. Sorry, that was my fault. Where we are building our foundation on the rock. On the rock. So that's a, we're going a little bit more about, and that rock is Jesus. We know that. So matter, no matter what comes at us, we'll be able to, navigate through it, and be victorious through Jesus Christ. What I'm going to talk about today, this morning, is Jesus the Word, Jesus the Word, our life, and Jesus the Word, our weapon. In Hebrews chapter 1, says this, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, He has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. And by the way, through whom he made all the worlds. I like to read it that way, (laughs) as if he just threw that in there. But through whom he made all the the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, Jesus is, his Son, and the expressed image, express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Notice that it did not say by the power of his word. It said upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That's Jesus. I'm going to talk about that just a little bit more in a minute. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form, and it was void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. 
And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I want to read that again. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. And then God said, he spoke, he released that word of power, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. In John chapter 1, I love John, it's my favorite of the Gospels. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He, now we're his pronoun, the Word, He, was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him, the Word was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness And the darkness did not comprehend it. I want to talk just a minute about that word comprehend. We're going to get a fuller meaning of what is what that word actually means. It does mean the comprehend, the darkness could not, um, did not have the ability to understand or grasp what it meant. But it also means that the darkness could not see or take control. It can't. It couldn't, and it can't. And it also means, the other one, is that it could not seize it or extinguish it. It cannot snuff out the light. Light is, is greater than darkness, and the Word says that in Him the Word was life, and that life was the light of men. That is stronger. Greater is he who's within us than he that's in the world. (laughs) Hallelujah. I want to talk just a little bit about, uh, there's another uh, verse I'm going to bring in just a second, but that uh, the verse where it says in Hebrews, let me go back there just really quick, in Hebrews, that, um, that all things, that he was upholding all things by the word of his power. That means... He actually held it together. He was holding it, holding it together. And then in Colossians uh, 1 and 16 and 17 there, it talks again about Jesus being the creator. But it also says, he, in him, everything consists. And let me go there. I don't want to quote that wrong. But everything is held together. And in he, and he is before all things, and in him, I had it right, All things consist. That means he's got it. He's holding it together. So if you get the picture of that, that the word is God, and the word, who is it? Oh, and i got to finish that in John chapter 1. In verse 14, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John just really expands it and spells it out clear that 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 was Jesus. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld him as the only begotten of the Father. (laughs) That is so awesome. And so it's Jesus Who's, who's, uh, who is the Word, and that Word, the, who is powerful, God's, the Word of His power is holding all of this together. And actually what that means of Christ, it means that Christ is the preserver of the universe. 
Wow. That's who lives in us, right? That's Jesus. That's who lives in us. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There was also another scripture. I just thought of it this morning, and I'm just going to uh, just read it to you really quick. It's, uh, so it just says, as you therefore, as we receive Christ Jesus, we're going to walk in him. And this is what we're talking about, being rooted and built up in him. We're going to go deeper in the word, Jesus as the word. <clears throat> Jesus, the word, our life. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, in that, in that place, Moses was, uh, I mean, yeah, Moses was recounting to uh, the children of Israel everything that they had just been through that 40 years. And also the, the uh, law, and he was going through all of that in Deuteronomy. I love Deuteronomy. But he says in, in verse 3, uh, I'm not going to quote all of it, but he says, um, you were hungry, and so uh, it, I fed you with something that you didn't, you didn't know, and neither did your fathers know that. This is something totally different. And the reason I did that is because you need to know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's, that's how we live, not just the food that we consume. And then Jesus repeated that again. He quoted that again in Matthew 4, and we're going to talk about that passage a little bit more later. But his response to Satan in one of the um, temptations was, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, this was a time, and just quickly, this, he was a, one of the minor prophets, and it was a time when Israel was so far from God. And anyway, so God was speaking to Hosea, through Hosea to the children of Israel. And one thing that he said was, in that verse, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, everything about God. He doesn't hide things from us. He tells us about himself. He reveals himself to us. And so we live by that word, but Hosea, they were not listening. They didn't want to hear. And, and so Hosea, in that, God spoke through him and said, um, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But then in Hosea 6.3, there's always encouragement with the things that are really bad that God in the prophets. And God it says, come, but let's return to the Lord. And then let us know and let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. So we're talking about Jesus being the word and we're talking about him being our life. And we've already talked about a few things of, of just what that actually means in the spirit realm. In John 15, uh, Jesus gave, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 15, Jesus gave... Uh, uh, an illustration of really about this. He said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. He said, I'm the true vine and my, fa thank you, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. So abide in me. He's saying, abide in me and I in you as the branch, going back to the, the practical illustration, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. And neither can you unless you abide in me. 
I'm the vine. He's stressing it again. And you know what? This is a time, Jesus is talking to the disciples. It's, this is, I, I love this portion of passage in John. It's, he's doing, he's just pouring out his heart because he's getting ready to go to the cross. And he said, he, he has the disciples in front of him. So again, he says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, again, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and it's withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are born burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Abide in me. Abide in me. Live in me. Dwell in me. My words live inside of you. Jesus is saying in a little bit later in, in uh, chapter 17, he'll talk about He's praying to the Father, and Father, I, I want them to be one just like we're one. We're all, it's all connected. We're living. His word lives inside of us. He lives inside of us. Amen. And this is the life. We, man, doesn't, we don't live. If we're only eating the food that we set before us on our table, if we're not partaking of this daily, it's a systematic thing. It's not a check the box thing. It's really not. But there needs to be some discipline in that where we sit down with the word. And I agree with Steve last, st <clears throat> last week, <clears throat> excuse me, last week he said, you need a time, a place and a plan. We do. We need a time, a place and a plan. Because if you don't set that up, you just make sure that the devil is going to make sure that you don't ever get in that secret place with the Lord where you're dwelling in his presence. Like Psalm 91 says, he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We have got to be in His presence. You know, the, in, in Isaiah, it says precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. We are consistently building that foundation that we have in Jesus. We consistently do that. And before you know it, all of a sudden, it'll be like, wow, you'll understand how this all connects together. I think I've told you all that when I, when I was traveling with the science choir. And, and um, you know, I knew the stories of the Bible, Daniel in the lion's den, uh, the three Hebrew children, and just different stories throughout the Bible. But I'd never, and I was 20, I think, and I was, had never read through the whole Bible myself. But we traveled for a year nonstop. And I've never been able to read in the car. And so that, but at that time, I just felt like I need to read. So I just started at the front and because we spent hours in the van and I, and I just was reading through it. And all of a sudden I closed the Bible and I said, I get it. I get it. I see how everything that God put in here is for us. And we see his plan and we learn who he is. We learn about him, we learn what he loves and, and what he doesn't love and things that grieve his heart and how he acts when things happen. What's his response? We do not need to be caught off guard by what would God think about this. It's all right here. Everything, everything about, I mean, there's more to God that we'll continue to learn. And in fact, every time you sit down with the word, you may be reading something you've read many times, but the Holy Spirit will show you something new. And it's so, it's just igniting inside of your spirit. 
Sticky to the ninety inside of your spirit. One time, I um, <clears throat> I love my Bible. I really do, and um, I I love and I have a new one. But I I love the Spirit filled Bible that Pastor Jack Hayford Hayford is uh, the editor of. And so I hate to tell you this, but I've lost two of those. It's like, hello. But really, both of them were accidents, and I tried desperately to get each of them back. When I lost the first one, though, I was really sad because it had some precious things from all three of our children, except Josh and Mamie. And so I, and then the second one was just an accident. It was in a black cover. We had rented a car, went to North Carolina last year, and it was in the carpet, and it just, I couldn't see it. When we got out, I, and I tried and tried and tried and could not get that Bible back. And nobody would answer the phone, hello. And so then, um, so then I had to give that one up too. What I said was, Lord, I just pray that whoever found the, find those, that either one of those Bibles, that they will meet you there like I have. Yeah. Meet you there like I have. And then after that, I didn't have a new Bible yet. And so I... I mean, I had other Bibles. I even I had this one, and so uh, we were, I was praying about something. It was a trip uh, for work. It was a conference that I needed to go to in Alabama, and and so this time I was going to have to go by myself and fly and go and rent a car and then drive about an hour to, up to the place and all that it was just a lot involved. I already signed up for it and everything, but I just felt. Inside, I just felt like it's not right, whatever. So for three nights, I lost sleep. And then on the, on the, on the last night, before I heard from the Lord, I woke up in the middle of the night. It was just on my mind, on my mind. And I felt like the Lord shared with me a, a scripture, to a, a, a chapter to go to. So I got up, he was asleep, and I went into his, and I thought, okay, I don't have a Bible. <laughs> I don't have my Bible. And so I, I just got my little red Bible, and I went in there, and I sat down, and Jesus <laughs> met me, and he talked to me, and he refreshed my soul. He just brought clarity, and I was so thrilled. But it was, I mean, I needed an answer for about that trip. But the next morning, I was sharing with Stephen, and I said, I love my Bible. Duh, this is the Word of God, and, and he met me. And, and now I've, I've got something where I, I go to, and I, and I hear the Lord. You know, that may sound, I don't know what that sounds like to you, but it's, <laughs> but it's, it's really a very precious thing. And to be honest with you, as I have prepared this, I have prayed. I, and I know there are a lot of our people are watching online. I've been praying for you. Um, but And as you listen, that something will happen inside of you if you do not yet know what I'm talking about. Where you go into the secret place. The Father's in the secret place, the scripture says. We go there and we pray and talk to him. The Father who is in the secret place sees in secret, but he rewards us openly. But I've been praying for you that something Holy Spirit will work, an impartation or something inside of you will ignite. Because I'm telling you, just like Jesus said in John 15, without me, you cannot make it. You cannot do it. You cannot do it unless this word is deep inside your spirit. I'm talking dwelling there. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you. Let this word be in there. And then as you're praying and you're going, even if 
if you're not in prayer, even as you're going through life, when life hits you in the face, guess what it's filtered through? It's filtered through this. And then when we're in prayer and we're before the Lord, then the Holy Spirit can bring up this word that is hidden in our heart. And if God is telling me that word, then I pray that. And that's my last point, so I'll wait a minute. But we pray this point, then, we, then, God, then we're praying in agreement with the Lord. Because we're praying his word, and that's his heart, that's his word on it, and so be it. Amen. Right? Okay. Hallelujah. 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 And, and if you do not, there was a, there's just, just a really precious thing, and I'll just read it because I wrote it out here. If you haven't, don't raise your hands or anything, but if you haven't experienced what I'm talking about, if that, that um, relationship is if you don't have that yet, you've met the Lord, you come to church, you do love Jesus, but that's as far as you've gone. You have not grown in the Lord, and you, we have to. It is not, a, okay, I can or, or I won't, I don't have to. No, we have to yes. if we want to make it. So, you know, what does that look like? How's that going to mean anything? Well, the Holy Spirit is the one that makes that special. But in Psalm 32, this is just an example. In Psalm 32, 7 and 8, it says this, and then when you're sitting there and the Holy Spirit makes this alive, it imprints it on your heart. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. This is then God. I'm the the psalmist said that, that verse, and then God said the next verse. I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. <laughs> oh God, this is the Lord's word, and when that gets inside of you, I don't. I we you don't. Know, I don't really like for the devil to throw things at us, but he does, and he's going to. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you more life. But when you know his word, when you have that there, all of that is filtered through that. And, and okay, I have, to, I have to go before the Lord and I'm, I'm kind of shaking, Lord. But I know what your word says. And then I begin to pray it and begin to speak it over myself or over my family or over whatever situation it is. And that's awesome. There's just one more thing I wanted to share with you about this particular part of, uh, of the um, message about him being our life. And the Lord wants to do, this is, one of the recent things that the Lord has shared with me that has just been like, and I do, I love to, sometimes I sleep with my Bible, I do. I lay it right there. I'm serious. I have to sometimes. I just, I just need him so close to me. What I was going through in my reading plan that I do, I was going through the, the thing and reading it, and um, in, in Psalm 119, which is, an, it's, the, it's just awesome about what the word of God is forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It, it's just boom, boom, boom. It's amazing scriptures. Establish your word to your servant. <clears throat> but in, in these are some verses that the Lord gave to me. And I, I'm only sure it's really kind of personal, and I'm not trying to say God loves me more than anybody else. I'm not doing that at all. All I am saying is this is what the Lord wants for you. 
He longs to be in relationship with you where he can meet with you in that secret place in the word and it becomes alive to you and you are strong and you are strong and you can go in the power of his might. This is what the Lord said to me that morning. It says, I felt like it was, anyway, your statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. As I have walked through life, your statutes, this, have been my songs. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and I keep your law. This has become mine. That's what it says. This has become mine because I've kept your precepts. You are my portion, O Lord. Is that not awesome? And I'm telling you, I'm no, I'm no one special. The God, God, the Lord, wants to meet with each of us in the secret place with his word. And the Holy Spirit comes and makes it alive. He helps us understand it, Jesus told us in John. He teaches, helps us remember it, and makes it alive to us. And that's what Jesus wants for you as well. The last point that I have in, is Jesus, the word, our weapon. I want to go back to, um, probably should take a drink of water. I go back to Matthew chapter 4. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry. Whenever Jesus was driven, led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness after he had been baptized, right before he really begins his ministry, He went into the wilderness and Jesus, and then it says, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. I just want to say right here, I thought about this this morning. Jesus did this. He came, he was God. We just established with the scripture that he has always been. He has always been. He is a part of the Trinity. He is God. But when he agreed when the father gave him the assignment to come to earth that that god godness can i make up a word that godness he took that off and laid it aside and there's a scripture i'd have to ask steve exactly where that is but there's a scripture that supports that he laid it aside and he came to earth and did life did his ministry all of it went to the cross As man, he had to in order to be the supreme sacrifice, the Passover lamb that would take care of our sins forever. So he accomplished this. He was a model for us. Sometimes we read the word and we think, well, that was so easy for him because he's God. Well, he is God and he was God, but that he laid aside. And when the Holy Spirit, when he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, he went out. The Spirit led him in the wilderness to be confronted and and face these temptations by the devil. And it was a test. And after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And it says, then the tempter came to him and he said, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And so what was Jesus' response? How did he fight back? It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Finish. That's what he said. No more discussion. Then the devil took him up into a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. Now look at this. The devil knows the word and he, he'll try to trip us up. And so he used that against Jesus. It said, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, it's written again. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, All of this, all these things, I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. You notice Jesus did not challenge him on his assertion that that was his. Because guys, it is. I'll show you in a minute. The, the devil had steel, steel is the prince of the power of the air. Jesus didn't challenge you on that because he's fixing to win. And he said, away with you, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Not only did Jesus model to us how to live in God's presence and be one with him, and he's doing that with the disciples, and he's showing them, abide in me, and I'm in you. My words are in you. And, and in chapter 17, Father, you're in me, and we're, we're, all, we're all together. We're, we're one in the Lord. But he also showed us, he modeled for us how to do battle. And it is not with anything that's carnal. In fact, we're going to look at a scripture that's, that is for that. In just a second. It's not anything that's carnal, but it is this word. <clears throat> In fact, let's just go right now to um, uh, Ephesians 6. I want to show you a couple of scriptures and, and share with you some things that have just been on my heart and I've been praying like crazy. <clears throat> Finally, my brother, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So you put on the whole armor of God. Okay. He had been talking to them about different things. And, and let me just, I don't know if I got ahead of myself or what. I, I think I forgot something. But in I did mention it in Ephesians 2 where, where uh, Paul is writing it. And he said, you were dead, but you were made alive. And because once you walked under the sway of the prince of the power of the air, who is still there? The prince of the power of the air, where all the sons of disobedient, the sons of disobedience, they follow that. Uh, somebody that's a non-Christian, they don't know it, but they're really not making all their own decisions by themselves. They're, being, they're under his sway. And um, so anyway, so Paul now is, and he has a lot to say in Ephesians. Oh, really, Ephesians, amazing. But when, in chapter 6 then, he's saying, okay, finally... I've talked to you about all this stuff, brethren. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on all of his armor. Put on all the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the schemes of the devil. Because, listen, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Do y'all hear that? that that's not, there is a, a demonic realm... There's demonic 
plans against us. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's got a plan, but I have a better plan. They are lined up to put us out. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. That's a lot. And if Satan, at this point, Jesus hasn't come back yet. When he comes back, and it says it in uh, Corinthians, where then the end comes, and the Son delivers the kingdom to the Father. I love that verse. It's one of my favorite verses. But we're not there yet. The devil is still at large, and we have to deal with him. And so he, Paul continues, he said, Put on, take up the, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you'll be able to withstand in the evil day. And then when you've done all, what do we do? We just keep standing. We stand in this word and in the knowledge of what we know of who God is and what he sent to us. It doesn't matter what I see. What did God say to you? What did he say in his word? That is the truth. Stand, therefore, <clears throat> he kind of gives an analogy of the armor, but we're going to have truth, gird our waist with truth. We have righteousness. Christ's righteousness covers the breastplate of righteousness. We shot our feet. In other words, we're getting ready for battle, but we have the pre we've prepared ourselves in the gospel of peace. And above all, we take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery dark. You will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. We, yes, yes, we will be able <clears throat> of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we do battle. Then Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, he said, though we live in the flesh, we don't do battle according to the flesh. We've just talked about what it is that we are facing. Guys, it's real. It is real. There is a spirit realm. There is an enemy of your soul, and he doesn't like it. He doesn't like us. He doesn't like us. For though we live in the flesh, we don't war according to the, to the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare, they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, imaginations, any high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's how we do battle. Ephesians 6 and that, and that 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It's through the word. It's through knowing 
him. It's through knowing his word and it's hidden in my heart. And then when I start praying, we can start praying with somebody and or even just by ourselves before the Lord and, and we just, we're burdened about something or maybe we don't know, even know what it is. We just start praying in the spirit. Then God will give you a word, this. He'll bring up this word that's hidden in your heart and you begin to, we begin to pray that. We are praying in agreement with God himself. We're praying in agreement with him. And in 1 John 5, 14 says that that's the confidence that we have, that, that we know that if we pray in agreement with his word, that we have what we've petitioned him for. Hallelujah. <clears throat> this is my love life. He, Jesus loves us through this. And we also do battle through this. And he is the word of God's power that holds it all together. Jesus, the word. Jesus, the word, our life. We cannot do it without him. Can, I can't stress that enough. If you do not have a place, a time, and a plan, please set it up. You need it. You need it, especially with the days that we are facing. <clears throat> you need him. Steve, another thing that, <clears throat> pardon me, another thing that Steve said last week was, if we do not know what the scripture says, I didn't ask him if I could, quote him. If we do not know what the scripture says <clears throat> or what it means, if we do not know what the scripture says or what it means, it cannot benefit us. I don't have that covering. I don't, I don't have this hidden in my heart. I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it to live, and I don't have it to do battle. I don't have it. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I don't even know what time it is. Am I going too long, Pastor G? <laughs> I'm just going to go to this. We just said what we're, we've talked about today. Jesus is the Word. He has never not been. He's always been. He didn't just come at Christmas time as a child. He's always been. He is Jesus, the Word, our life. And He is Jesus, the Word, our weapon. The other day I was, and I'm almost done. Would you come, Elijah? The other day I um, was praying. And, I'm, you know, I'm really, our jobs have really picked back up, but I'm really grateful for the times that I get to drop by the house for a little bit. And, and it's just been awesome the way the Lord has been Speaking, I know he's been speaking to you as well. He's, he is speaking. But as I was praying and uh, I was walking, I, I like to pray and walk in, the, in our living room when I'm there by myself. 
And the scripture came to mind of um, <clears throat> in Acts 3 when um, uh, Peter and John, I think it was Peter and John, went to the temple to pray. And the uh, layman was, was there asking for alms like he had for such a long time. And, um, and so when, he when they walked up and, and he you know, was asking, I don't know if he said anything, but he held his cup up for something. Um, Peter said, you know, I, I don't have any money. Silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, what I have, I give you. And that scripture was just resonating inside of my spirit. And I thought, what I have, what I have, what I have. And I thought, Jesus, this kind of really does fit at the end of this message that we've, we're talking, have been for a while, talking about going deeper in Him, going deeper in His Word. And as it's implanted inside, I have it. I have it to live with. I have it to do battle with. And I have it to minister and give to others as well. What do, don't raise your hands or anything, but just ask yourself right now, what do I have? What do you have? I just want to share with you just a little jewel here that I gleaned from some writings of Mary Jo Pierce, who is a prayer pastor at Gateway. And it's from the, the, the message translation of 1 Kings 8 and 58. And it says, May he keep us centered and devoted to him, following the life path he has cleared watching the signpost, watching the signpost, walking at the pace and rhythms he's laid down for our ancestors. I pray that for all of, all of you, all of us, that we will get centered and devoted. And if I just have a little in there, God, we want more. So God, I pray that right now in the name of Jesus, that everyone here, everyone at home that's watching online and just really the body of Christ, I'm praying, God, that you will set a fire inside of us 
that we will be hungering and thirsting for more of you, wanting to go deeper in you and in your word. We love you so much. And we're grateful because, God, what we've talked about, all of this today, is exactly what you have for us. Even if I, some have not partaken of that yet, it is for everyone to grow in you and to be strong in your word. Thank you for that.